Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Reckless Speculation NFL kickoff show. We got a good one for you tonight. Uh, we're going to break down last week's action. Uh, there was a dismantling in South Beach. We're going to get into that. Uh, Dallas did what we all knew Dallas would do uh, in Arizona, of all places. Uh, so we'll hit on that. Uh, my Lions restored the roar. Big win in uh, Detroit. And uh, oh, Rub and Tug uh, got the better hand. <laughs> of uh the tennessee titans uh so and then just like always we're gonna preview some of the the game this week's better action for this week's uh week uh what is it week four uh starting uh tonight ladies and gentlemen with uh, the lions and packers Ooh, get ready for that one i know i will be so um again we do want to thank our sponsors as always the fellas that can rescue Toons is the cat out of jail. These guys can do it all. If you are in the greater Chattanooga area or, frankly, anywhere in Tennessee area, uh, give these guys a call. Even the guy that was superimposed on the right from our great Canva uh, program, uh, he will definitely give you a hand. Uh, any types of law, they're the ones to, to call. And also our good buddy, Brandon Chain, CNW Construction. Here's some unbelievable examples of uh, projects they got. They just recently did outdoor kitchen, outdoor oasis. Uh, whether it's a a new build uh, or or any type of uh, construction, these guys are the ones to call in the greater Nashville area. Uh, you want to give them a call. Uh, and a reminder, definitely. Please like, follow, subscribe on all our social media accounts. Uh, the more interaction you guys give, the bigger reach we have. And um, you know what? I, I, I'm kind of biased. I think we do a pretty damn good job. And uh, we want to get this show to as many people as we can. And we can get that done with your help. Just a like, a follow, or a subscribe. Uh, that'll get that done. And as always, we're powered by Jack. Got that ice cube melting, making that Jack's single bear a little more bearable for me. I might be a little bit of a lightweight, so give me one and I'm done. But regardless, you know what time it is. It's time for Jack. Get it down there. Uh, and like our college football show and last week's show, we started a little bit something different uh, to kind of change the pace. We're going fun fat time here, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to the world of baseball, actually, on this date in 1941. That's right, September 28th, 1941. Ted Williams became the last player 
to do something. Uh, that's bat 400. As a matter of fact, he batted 406. Um, unbelievable to think about that these days. I know Raj will probably agree with me. This is a this is a, a stat line that will never uh, be beaten uh, in my in my lifetime. I know that. Uh, uh, but uh, fun fact, part two: his head is cryogenically frozen on a shelf. His uh, son decided to uh, freeze him in hopes that one day they can read revitalize the 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 hit king. Uh, but uh, I think that might be a little cuckoo for Coco Puffs. But we're going to bring the fellows in here. Raj, you made it on time. Congratulations. Uh, I think on time is relative, <laughs> much like most people in the South. Yes. And Mr. Brandon Chain, uh, what do you think about uh, freezing uh, people's heads and uh, putting them on a shelf in a cryogenic freezer? You know, everybody copes in different ways. And I mean, if that's what you got to do, uh, you know, whatever, whatever gets you through. Oh. Um, couldn't do it myself. So. Yeah, no. Uh, speaking of coping, uh, I think the Denver Broncos are, are going to take a little while to get over uh, what took place in South Beach from the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, they The Dolphins become the first team since 1966 to score 70 points in the game, 726 yards of offense, 350 of which came on the ground, 10 touchdowns. Um, performance I don't think any of us have seen in a long time. Uh, Raj, I'll start with you. Is this the best uh, offense in the NFL? And and would you – is it a fair assumption that you can compare this offense to the – uh, Mike March, greatest show on turf, St. Louis Ram teams. That's a good question. Uh, to answer your question, uh, your first question, yes. Right now, there is no doubt that they are the best offense in the NFL. The reason being is this year, their offensive line has vaulted up the charts from last year, suffering injuries. Uh, and and this week, they're up to second pass blocking efficiency. And this was Teron Armstead's first game. And that's not a coincidence. And he is a likely Hall of Famer. I believe, I'm not sure how many Pro Bowls, but, you know, they have um, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, and then USC left tackle. It actually hasn't been that great this year, but better than Isaiah Wynn. Austin Jackson, a first round pick. And, and that line. If you give to a time, he will pick you apart. The problem with Tua, as we all know, is sort of a innate nature. Well, I mean, that's redundant, but he wants to put a team on his back and he tries to do too much. He ends up usually getting hurt. But as of right now, yeah, there's no question. They have more speed with a chain now and, uh, and everyone, Hill and – yeah, the Penguin, then I think uh, Mostert, who was a speed guy as well, before we saw a chain, uh, then anyone else in the NFL is not even close. To compare them to the Rams, though, no, the Rams had five Hall of Famers 
Uh, one back, they didn't have three, and Marshall Falk was a Hall of Famer. Kurt Warner was a Hall of Famer. Isaac Bruce was a Hall of Famer. Orlando Pace, Ohio State's own, who is arguably the best left tackle in NFL history, and head coach Dick Vermeil. Why I while I love McDaniel, uh, he's not Dick Vermeil. Different era, um, and I don't think, unfortunately, Tua can stay healthy, but. I love this team, and uh, I love McDaniel, who comes from the same coaching tree, by the way, as Nathaniel Hackett, laying it on that dick face, Sean Payton. I agree 100% on that one. Uh, Tyreek Hill made uh, quite a proclamation uh, before the start of the season. He said he wants 2,000 yards, uh, which if he gets that, he would uh, pass – a Megatron here in Detroit uh, in 2012, uh, Kelvin Johnson had 1,964 yards. So 2,000 would be an unbelievable stat. Uh, Brandon, he's he's going hard after it. It, it. Do you think he's got a legitimate chance for 2,000 yards receiving? Um, small sample size so far, but yeah. I mean, he's on pace for uh, over 2,300 yards right now. And that's that's just insane. Um, it's all going to come down to Tua. Can he stay healthy, um, or is this? You know, defensive coordinators are smart too in the NFL, and and they're going to watch game film, and and they're going to start to exploit some weaknesses here or there. Now, speed you can't you can't match up with. That's tough, but you can scheme for it. Uh, and I think, I think the offense will slow down, um, but it, it is by far the most explosive and the best offense thus far in the NFL. And, you know, I, I don't see it slowing down in, you know, the next couple of weeks for sure. But, um, yeah, can he reach that? It's clearly in, the, in reach and, and reasonable at this stage. Yeah, I mean, I think the only one stopping them would be the Miami Dolphins and, you know, a potential uh, to a situation where he has a, you know, God forbid he has another uh, concussion. That that would be devastating for them. Uh, well, he's as it really like jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu yeah, learning to how like to. Ball so he doesn't get hurt. And yeah, I mean, you, you got to like that fact that he's, he's putting in the work mm-hmm. to avoid. Uh, possible injuries that just kind of tells you where his head's at in in the NFL season and how much it is important to him. Um, Raj, I, I I I look at coaching uh, very trendy. Uh, you get a lot of these guys. Uh, obviously, the Belichick tree. Uh, the 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 hot one now is the Shanahan tree, and and it's no different with Mike McDaniel's. He's very unique. Uh, he's young. He kind of speaks the language of a lot of these players that that are on his team. Do you see GMs kind of looking at Mike McDaniel's as kind of like the blueprint of future teams, uh, how they want their coaches to run? Uh, just just kind of a, a, a free, kind of flowing type of coach, but he's got a hell of an offensive scheme, and he, and he just seems to know how to motivate players do you you see a lot of gms maybe looking to him as 
potential uh, coaches that they might want running their team? He, he looks like Millhouse to me, but kind of like mm-hmm. a young John Gruden coming up. I, I think it's all about not only his intelligence and innovative mind, but his honesty and strength. He has acknowledged and discussed his alcoholism, which is something that, especially in football, in life, is very difficult to acknowledge, let alone do something about it, let alone in a room full of guys like that, as a 150-pound dude with glasses, talk about and reveal his vulnerabilities. And he did that from day one, and he showed them his strength, and he earned their trust, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I do believe in that sense it's a a bit unique in in that um, this just seemed like a a good fit. But, yeah, you know, most guys at that age would come in and try to be wonderkind and and, – or wonderkid if you're Ted Lassoing it. Um, But – you know, he ad- knows and he admits and you can see it in his face that dealing with alcoholism has made him a better father, most importantly, and a better coach. And you, you can't bullshit kids. And in this case, I'm talking about football players as kids. You just can't bullshit them. And they, and they know. They see it. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think he's great. I think he's very refreshing for uh, the NFL. And, and I do see a lot of players looking at him and, and saying, man, I want to play for that guy. A lot like Dan Campbell here. Um, not your, you know, your, your, your usual type of coach. Um, so moving on to another game last week that <laughs> you knew it was coming folks. You knew it was coming. You knew Dak Prescott was going to go Dak Prescott at some point in the season. Uh, it came a little bit sooner than I think we can all agree on. Uh, not a very, uh, productive day for Dak throws a huge interception late in the fourth I all I saw was three red jerseys around not really sure who he was trying to throw to but uh that's par for the course for Dak Prescott um, hey are we putting it all on him because <laughs> oh well, the well, defense who was number one in the NFL I, I agree I agree 22 yards but when you needed four yards every time Arizona that's but this ball. is this is typical Dallas Cowboys. Oh, oh I, agree. Is, I agree. This is typical, and this is typical Dak. Uh, he had an opportunity to, to kind of one up when a defense is not doing uh, what they usually expected to do. He didn't get it done. Brandon, uh, was the NFL world maybe duped a little bit in the first three weeks of the season? Because I mean, like I've said in previous shows, the best football player in the world right now is Michael Park, Micah Parsons. Um, he did not have a Michael Parsons-type game, although he did get a big sack late in the third, which did not propel the Cowboys. But um, were the Cowboys a little overhyped here uh, early on in the season? Yeah, I mean, they took us all by surprise. I mean, throwing up 40 on the Giants, this is the game I expected – to see week one. Um, I, yeah. Cowboys are always overhyped. Um, they, 
they typically cowboy every game and and do something like this where you know they they may have the most talent on the field but somehow they they find a way to shoot themselves in the foot and and lose it and this is this is what i expected out of the cowboy now i was fooled curtain pulled over my eyes first two weeks i was like okay maybe they turned over a new leaf and then they play the Cardinals and Josh Dobbs and just <laughs> cowboy it up more than a cowboy could do it. I mean, this this, this is this is the greatest irony in NFL. This is why NFL is so hard to judge because any given day, anybody can beat anybody. And yep. I'll, I'll say that so – they throw up 40 on the Giants. Giants beat the Cardinals. Cardinals beat the, the Cowboys. It's like, what? Like, how did you make sense of that? Um, how, how did Vegas make out on this game, you think? Oh, they got Ooh. they oh got raised on this. Wow. wow. I think a lot of people were on Dallas, and I think mm-hmm. the house won a ton of money, dude. Well, well, Raj, you mentioned their defense didn't perform. The news broke last week that their star corner, Trayvon Diggs, out for the year, torn ACL. Is that maybe a, a, a reason that that their their defense kind of faltered, or was just just a group effort that that they weren't able to get it done? Made Josh Dobbs look really good, and then on the flip side of that, you know Jerry Jones is never happy. He's never satisfied. How short is McCarthy's leash? If he's losing games that he absolutely has no business losing, uh, how long before Jerry Jones says, "Dude, you can take your your uh, your pencil and your hat and get out of here"? So to answer your first question, I I do think it played an effect because if you look at the Arizona game, uh, what Arizona did offensively, even with Josh Dobbs. Um, they had 16 first downs, and even though they averaged 7.6 and ran for, what, 200? Again, I just said it, 222 yards. They had eight first downs on the ground and eight first downs in the air. And, and that tells us that when he had to make a play, when the Dallas defense had to step up, the defense did not. Mm-hmm. And an extremely efficient team, um, I can't believe I'm saying any of this, um, yeah, I, I don't know what effect it had, but it's obvious that, you know, Dallas was shell-shocked. Uh, we also, I'd be remiss if I didn't state that, you know, if you ever have more than 100 yards in penalties, you're going to lose the game. That, mm. That's a touchdown, at least. Dallas had 13 for 107. So, transitioning to coaching, Mike McCarthy has historically had crap disciplined teams when it comes to jerry jones you've got a coach that constantly stays too long with one guy Uh, ironically enough not jimmy johnson uh switzer i believe stepped down for health reasons but if you go back to wade phillips uh you know there were two divisional losses when they were 13 and three i believe and then he went one and seven and they fired him Jason Garrett, I can't believe, had like three or four years more than he should have had. And Mike McCarthy, you know, he 
he won his Super Bowl with Green Bay when they were 10 and 6. Uh, but, you know, you look at his career and there was a few 13 and 3s and 15 and 1. And he's choked. And, and there's an ethos, an ethic about the Dallas Cowboys that they will choke. They will fold, especially the better that they are, the more favored they are, the more prominent the team. And the question is, is this the type of coach like a Mike McDaniel that theoretically that inspires a team like this? And it's obvious. No. And, and I'm not just saying that because he looks like a doughboy. I'm just saying that <laughs> they've proven time and time again, that when it matters the most, whether Dak, who I don't know why you hate him personally, but no, I mean, whether whatever it is that Dallas Cowboys choke, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't hate Dak Prescott. I just, when he looks good, they just absolutely crown him and put on put him on a pedestal. But you know that there's going to be a game where he just he just doesn't perform, and and usually it comes later in the season. So you know, th- this year it came early. Maybe he can build on that. You know, we'll see. But I just I, I think it all comes down to uh, the infatuation that that the country has with <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, all the talking heads had them going to the Super Bowl, the best team in, in the league. And I'm like, I, I just, this happens every year. It's the same script. I mean, it's, it's, it's Groundhog Day all over again down in uh, Dallas. But uh, uh, coming b- back up to my neck of the woods, uh, another raucous crowd in Ford Field. Uh, man, uh, they stepped up. And I wasn't sure how the atmosphere was going to be uh, after – they lose week two to Seattle. Detroit Lion Twitter, everybody was panicking, jumping off the, the bandwagon. Like I said last week, local radio was was cutting them down. Um, but this team went through a lot of injuries, uh, and they persevered. They get the win, uh, dominant fashion against the, the Falcons. Seven sacks. Uh, the Lions, I think they had one sack coming into the game. They get seven. Hutchison has two. But the bright spot in this game was the rookies. The four first picks that the Lions took that a lot of the, the, the so-called talking heads, experts, uh, criticized Brad Holmes and the Lions for taking uh, Jameer Gibbs. He had uh, almost 100 all-purpose yards. Laporta. Uh, Sam Laporta, who tied teams, a tight baby. end rookie record with 18 receptions in his first three games. He had a big touchdown in the first half. Uh, Jack Campbell comes comes away with a sack. He was all over the field. And this guy right here who, if you didn't know him, you better get used to his name. The man puts his mouthpiece in uh, the top of his helmet. Brian Branch, ladies and gentlemen. They're calling him a Monrod 2.0 here because he's the steal of the draft. Second round pick. Why on God's green earth he was – Wait, uh, didn't get drafted until mid second round is beyond me, and I think he's using that as as motivation. He was an absolute beast on the football field. What was um, Amon Ra? He was fourth, but like fourth round pick or something. And yep, he, and he, he keeps every receiver. Oh, ahead yep, of he can name day. all sixteen and, receivers and I that knew were ahead right of away. Him and Hufanga, so, first team All American. So, uh, Raj, I'll start with you. Uh, seeing how he performed. I mean, the guy can uh, have a clinic on on tackling and and 
and just covering sideline to sideline. Is he a candidate early on for defensive rookie of the year in the NFL? Absolutely. I mean, you rarely go wrong, although Mike Mayock with the Raiders believed in only drafting Bama and uh, Clemson players, and that didn't work out too well. But you rarely go wrong with especially an underrated Alabama player because I've said this before about USC back in the day, Ohio State during their time, Alabama. Some of these stars the NFL believe have already been coached up. They've maxed. And a guy that's underrated like Brian Branch is a guy you want to jump on. Mm-hmm. And to get him in the second round was just a coup. Uh, he has such a high ceiling. Now, my fear is that with that back seven, although the linebackers are actually, you know, playing great, uh, especially when they get into some of these, you, you know, conference, well, more of these passing teams. I know they played Kansas City, but it was week one on Thursday. Um, you know, he's going to be making a lot of tackles like he did against Atlanta, uh, 11 tackles all solo. So what does that tell you at safety um, on a almost exclusively running team? So does he, as of right now, is he the most impressive defensive rookie? Hell yeah. But do I fear that he won't make it throughout the year? I do. Here's another, another guy that finished second in defensive rookie of the year last year in Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Brandon, he's, you know, he was your nemesis, you know, as a Buckeye <laughs> fan he went to Michigan. He couldn't uh, there's two there's two Buckeyes in, in Nick uh, Bosa and um, what's the other Bosa? Joey. Joey Bosa. Wow. <laughs> I, I I had a brain fart. Sorry, folks. Uh, and then there's TJ he, Watt. There's TJ Watt and there's Max Crosby. There's some really, really <laughs> Michael Parsons. Mike, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, technically, yeah, he lines up on the end. So there's some just, just doing white guys. Outstanding. No, I wasn't just doing white guys. All right, Chris, Chris Jones, we'll see. Uh, there's some outstanding uh, defensive ends in this league. Where would you put Aiden Hutchinson at this point in his career uh, amongst some of the big boys? Like – Pure D end or just like pass rusher, period. Just because there's there's a lot of linebackers thrown in there in this this mix. Um he he is moving up the ranks for sure. Like he's getting better, uh, he's getting faster, um, he's learning, you know, the moves in the NFL. I don't think he's quite in the top probably seven yet, but he he's getting there. And I, I mean, I think he's going to be a pro bowler. Um, kids got a motor. He, he just, he's a leader on that team as well. I, I think he's, he's got everything in front of him. I don't think he's quite there yet, uh, but I, I think, I think he's got a ton of potential to be there. I think that's a fair assessment. And, and using last week's game as a reference point, um, he was contained for the most part up until that fourth quarter. And then 
they just wore out that offensive line. Mm-hmm. So I think once it, it becomes more of a consistent uh, 48-minute performance, sure. I, I think you can put him well, in he, that conversation. He, he's in the scheme. They're starting to scheme for him yeah. now. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's not just a, a guy on the other side. They're, they're starting right. to scheme and, yep. and work on, you know, double teams here and there with him. So he's definitely in yep. the conversation. He's moving his way up for sure. That's what yeah, was they, said about Khalil Mack. When the Raiders traded him, other coordinators were like, the hell are they doing? You have to game plan for that guy. Mm-hmm. And you have to yeah. game plan for Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he's, and he's getting noticed for that, for sure. Now. Seattle did a great job with him. Uh, you know, they chipped the heck out of him. And, yeah, he had, uh, I think it was 13 pressures, but he never got to the quarterback. A, a part of that was Geno Smith's ability to kind of get away, to scramble his athleticism. But, um yeah. Um, Seattle kind of, uh, to me, wrote the blueprint on how to, you know, defend against him. Just you know, throw another uh, defender on him. But um, we'll see. I'm excited. I, the I, chip I think is underrated. The chip goes a long way. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. It, and it, it, it buys you a half a second. Yeah, it, it's a huge ordeal for the quarterback to release the ball. So mm-hmm. he can step up, especially if you're coming off that right side. Yeah, it's a very if he gets chipped. Now he can yeah. step up in the pocket and make that throw, and 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 Gino kind of picked apart that secondary. So, uh, but a good in, win. In Aiden's defense, real quick, if you look at the top fifteen in PFF, he's fifteen. But if you look ahead of him, you got a bunch of teammates: Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Bosa, and that whole defense. Miles Garrett at number two, Zadarius Smith at number eight. Um, Crosby's about the only. Uh, uh, outsider outlier uh durant's armstrong for the cowboys so you got a guy that doesn't on stat sheet analytically have the same help that others do and he's a second year player yeah who again you have to game plan for and is still Mm -hmm. making a constant impact no i i dude i totally agree that he's oh i wasn't contradicting you i'm just yeah he he is he's gonna be there uh, I just I, I think he's a year or two away from from being yeah. in Miles Garrett, uh, Aaron Donald, you know, type conversations. Well, against the run, there is a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, do you agree, Tom? I mm-hmm. do, I do. Um, but this week, this week, Isaiah Bugs, who they signed last year off the trash heap, got another contract one year, kind of fell out of favor of of uh, Dan Campbell. They had to play him this week, and it showed. This guy, him alongside Aleem McNeil, who was maybe the steal of the draft two years ago, um, that middle uh, was was nasty. They got pressure up that middle, which kind of freed up the the, the ends there. So, um, And that helped in their run defense because coming into that game, the, the all the talk was it's – the battle of the two first round running backs. And you know, a lot of people were like, B John's going to have a field day here. And the lions stopped him. They held him uh, to, I think it was like 40 yards rushing. Uh, so they did a great job in that. You know what? That came up the middle. And uh, right. that, I think all the talk even around the NFL is the DNs that, you know, that's the sexy position. But when you have a nose tackle, you have a interior defenseman that can get to the quarterback that can get to those, running backs and, and plug those holes, man, you're going to have a good day on the football field. And Detroit kind of showed that this week. And uh, uh, I, I love Isaiah Bugs because uh, Brad Holmes 
last year, went and got a lot of guys off the trash heap. You know, a lot of uh, teams cut them, and he picked them up, and he just they fit the mold. And Isaiah Bugs definitely fit that mold. So it was disappointing to see that he was a scratch uh, the first couple weeks of the season. So I hope whatever happened in that locker room has been taken care of, and, and we see more of him in the future, especially tonight against uh, Green Bay. I man, I I I I love this game. I can't wait for it. But uh, we'll get to that later. I think Dan uh, you, Campbell got to him, if I can say real quick. He's yeah. an Alabama guy. He fell to the sixth round. He's kind of like that fat dude, Cody, who who blocked that kick back in the day. But, you know, he's 27. Uh, eventually, you had to get to him. I talked about them being coached up to the top. Yeah, It seems like he's not going to fill up a stat sheet, but he's a guy who can play inside and outside mm-hmm. and free up a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. And I was going to say real quick about Detroit. Again, I've said it before, they went trenches for the last, like, five years. Yeah. I love Levi, a second-round pick. But that's the difference between the Detroit Lions this year and years past is depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it started it, it started three years ago when they drafted Pinay Sewell. Um, that was the direction that they were going. That's the direction that um, they sold us all on. And they, mm-hmm. they, they told us to, to be patient that the game begins and ends in the trenches and, and, and they've done that on both sides of the ball. So uh, I'm all in on it. Um, Your fans need to learn a fucking lesson though. They expect them to go 16 and zero. yeah. I remember well, when like fucking the Raiders beat uh, uh, the Pittsburgh was like 14 and two. And one of the losses was to a two win Raiders team. It's the NFL. Yeah. They need to sure. chill. No, I agree. That was my rant last week in my final words. But uh, I remember um, you you guys mentioned Miles Garrett. Um, it, this guy is an absolute force to be reckoned with. A uh, couple weeks ago when he was doing the 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 basketball move and he just it, the guy's incredible against the Bengals this past week. Sorry, Brandon. Three and a half sacks against the Titans. Um, oh, definitely. Took Tannehill out of this game. Their offense. I hope we're, uh, I hope we're tanking for Caleb Williams right now. Is, <laughs> is he more athletic than Parsons? I mean, it's. I mean, he I, can do kind of like Mookie Betts. I mean, based on yeah, size, like, are you going pound for pound? Yes. He, he's like Mookie. Dude. He's also a high IQ guy. But but there's a comparison. Like Stepping on faces. Super cerebral guy. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. it's like comparing who's the MVP, Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna. I mean, you you can't go wrong in yeah, any of those right. regards, but um, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a coin flip. They're they're freak athletes, and they're they're great in their position, and and he's you know, got you a, get, a you get sick secondary. Yeah, you get you get some other help around there that relieves a little pressure, that allows them to shine. I mean, this is what you get. Um, that. that Titans game was just atrocious. Uh, mm-hmm. Miles Garrett just whipped everyone all over the field. So thirtieth uh, ranked offensive line in the NFL, by the way, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we're we're we're. You thought the Cardinals were tanking? Well, then they bring in Josh Dobbs and beat the Cowboys. We are tanking <laughs> the Titans, but are, not on purpose because Derrick Henry. Not on purpose. No. Trade Derrick Henry. Poor Derrick Henry, man. Give him his last two or three years with a good team. Yeah. That guy. I agree. Like, trade trade him to somebody that, that's got a Super Bowl chance. He deserves a Super Bowl. 
It's it's um, like it's Mike Trout in baseball. He's never going to win with the Angels. Trade yeah, him to a team that's going to have an opportunity to get him in the postseason and 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 see what he he can do. But um, you know, it, <laughs> maybe the AFC North is one of the better divisions in football. Uh, I think coming in, we didn't think that that might be the case, but. Three of the four teams are two and one. Uh, Cincinnati finally got off the schneid uh, this past Monday. Um, they lost a big piece of their of their uh, offense in Nick Chubb, which uh, thankfully it looks like it's just an MCL tear, which is beyond me. I can't believe your uh, your leg can bend that way, yeah. and you only have one ligament tear on the outside or the on the inside, which is. Thank the Lord with that, that he, you know, he should be able to recover. But Raj, yes, they go and get Kareem Hunt, who is familiar with the offense. And they had a guy in, in Ford, Jerome Ford, who, who to me looked like uh, Nick Chubb 2.0. He, he, a lot of running style, just like him. But how big of a loss is, is Chubb to this team? Uh, is it a loss that could possibly prevent them in, in getting to a playoff spot? That's a great question. Um, if you notice with the Cleveland Browns, you have an amazing offensive line led by Joel Batonio, um, Jedrick Willis, Ethan Pochich, who's a, just a super and a, an amazingly underrated center. Wyatt Teller, and then to a lesser extent, right tackle Dewan Jones. They are all north and south guys. So you won't see a lot of anything else out of there. So Ford, who's a big back, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt, who can do a little bit of everything. Behind that offensive line, there's not a huge deviation. Now, that being said, I'm not going to underestimate or, or, or quote-unquote limit the impact or abilities of, of a guy like Nick Chubb who also, you know, doesn't do it a lot, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield, 20, 25, 30. Not a part of their offense a ton, which is odd because Deshaun Watson sucks. But, um, no, it, it's, uh, you know, it seems like even last year it was Deontay uh, Foreman or a year or two ago. You know, they kind of fill that spot with these big backs. Um, but, but Nick Chubb does it the best. So I don't know if, if they don't win anything of significance. It won't be the defense, and it won't be the running game. It won't be the offensive line. It will be the quarterback, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, mean, I, yeah, I agree. Did you guys even – were they even on the radar for a playoff team or potential win in a playoff game? Probably not. I, I don't think the defense even I mean, before Nick I Chubb. didn't expect the defense to be this good and but, you know Zadarius Smith with Nick Chubb has been just Delpit Delpit's finally playing uh, oh yeah he's in, in mean, the way they drafted could him so could be secondary is outstanding uh, I think I don't know what their schedule looks like I'm I'm sure we've got some tougher games in the Titans coming up um but I don't – I mean, they weren't even on the radar as a, a consideration. Well, I think because of the, the, the North is 
I mean, it was going to be the Ravens and it's going to be the Bengals. And I think they were uh, hey, out, out could, shadowing them. Could this be the team in Ohio now? I mean, look at, look at the struggles the Bengals are having right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Well, this is the NFL, you never know. With that defense, I mean, all Deshaun has to do is not screw it up. You know, <laughs> don't, be don't, don't be Deshaun Smith. Watson. He can be an Alex Smith and just game manage. Yep. That uh, defense yeah. has been fantasy cash money. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Brandon, you know, you mentioned tanking for Caleb Williams. And if that was the case, they had the opportunity to take Caleb Williams. That would be three years in a row they take a quarterback, um, which that that's problematic in itself. Shocker. What uh, – I guess what will it take and will we ever see uh, Tannehill get benched uh, this season? God, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> let's just go ahead and figure out. Let's stop toying around with. Done defending him, you and Robbie. We can win with Why do we even draft Levis? It's unbeknownst to me. Like, that was the worst pick in the draft. I. My opinion, I did not want him on our team. So, all right, so you draft him. You think you get a good, you know, value pick there. Well, all right, we lose one or two more games. Throw him in there. What? I mean, what do you got to lose? Right. Willis is – Willis is – I mean, he might be serviceable as a backup in the NFL, uh, like a Josh Dobbs or somebody. <laughs> they can come in and beat the Cowboys – <laughs> you guys are the new Raiders. You're overvaluing shitty quarterbacks. It, it's so bad. Just, drafting okay. them so well, early. That's what I'm saying. Just go ahead and put them out there. What? Yeah. Like, what do you got to lose? Yeah. I mean, we're we're not going to win the season. Uh, the Jags are better than us. Uh, obviously, the Texans are. How? Gonna be I mean, are we underselling Houston? You know, hey, they go we'll to Jacksonville. I, I've got a lot to say about that. Um, mm. But the yeah. Titans, the Titans window is damn near slammed shut at this point. And it, it, it's, it's about, I love Rabel. He's a great coach and what he's done with injuries in the last two years, 81 players in the roster. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job. Um, but at some point you got to rely on some of your other coaches as well. Mm-hmm. And your, your recruiting talent, and it, it just hadn't been there on the offensive side. We've missed first round picks for the last ten years. It's it's been bad. Henry, you know, was a trade trade up in the third round, and and we grabbed him, and he he was phenomenal. But now his window's closing. Yeah, like let the guy go to a team that you know we can get a couple picks out of that they got a chance to win a Super Bowl with with yeah. this guy because he. He's worked too hard to right. just ride off in the sunset on a shit wagon. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, and he's wagon. Like he's it. at a point in his career where I mean he's a bruiser. He's Don't get me wrong. Left, maybe he's he needs an offensive line. He needs an offensive line and 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 you just don't have it in Tennessee. And we're not even giving him the ball right now. Like we can't even yeah. afford to because we're behind the playing from behind. Yeah. For you yeah. old heads, Earl Campbell is 
what yeah. he reminds that's me of. True. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a great, 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 really good analogy there. Yep, yep. So let's go around the league. Uh, talk about some other uh, things that happened last week. Vikings, man. As as we, Raj, is your phone uh, plugged into the charger? It is. <laughs> yeah, it keeps tripping out. Um, Not Rob, but it is. Oh, I, I, did I say Rob? I, I thought I said Raj. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm not Robbie, meaning that it is oh, plugged in. Oh, and okay. okay. Gone, but, um, um, so the Vikings lose at home again to the Chargers. Uh, Cousins throws an interception, albeit I don't think it was his fault. Um, so now they're 0-3. The Chargers salvage their season. Uh, that could have been disastrous. And uh, Brandon Staley definitely would have been on the hot seat after that, if they would have lost, but it's no secret. The jets are in an absolute dire situation. They need a quarterback. Zach Wilson is just absolutely not the answer. He's thrown four interceptions to one touchdown thus far this season. Uh, And Robert Sala, God bless him. He's a Dearborn kid. Has a lot of kids too, seven, but um, uh, he's towing the company line. Zach Wilson's our guy. Zach Wilson's our guy. I I don't believe it. I just don't believe he believes that. Uh, The Jets need to go do something, and they need to do something fast. And Robbie brought it up about three weeks ago. You got Kirk Cousins that's almost on his expiring contract. They're 0-3. I think their season's done. They're going to lose Justin Jefferson at the end of this season, is my opinion. Um. The Jets actually have the ability to salvage the season right now if they had the right quarterback in a position. I think Kirk Cousins could be that guy because he has the weapons. Uh, do you think it's time, Raj, for the Jets to make the phone call and say, what's it going to take to get Kirk Cousins? And if not Kirk Cousins, who? <laughs> Because uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, wrote a letter to them. You know they're not going that way. Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz have reached out to the Jets. I, I don't think those are other options that they have. But Miami also has a backup quarterback that used to play in the uh, Jets. That's that's Mike White, who, boy, I wish they uh, – they I bet they wish they had Mike White. But what do you think it's going to take Tyreek for the Jets? could get two grand because – Skylar Thompson is not the backup. Mike White, who is a gunslinger, is. Uh, you know, let me ask you guys this. The flip side would be Minnesota. We all know that they won just an insane amount of games by less than seven points last year, one score. But other than Harrison Smith, can you guys name one Minnesota defender, which, by the way, is the worst defense in the NFL? And my point being is they lost to the Bucks by three. They lost to the Eagles by six and came all the way back at Philly. They lost to the Chargers by four. One or two plays, and these are all different. One or two defenders, and this is all different. So the flip side of Cousins leaving is that Minnesota in, you know, that's uh, a winnable division to say the least, aside from Detroit, who's the favorite now, which is, you know, that that they could make a few deals, get a few guys healthy, and, and again, be right there. They've played good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they lost uh, a lot. Of course the, the Jets need to side. do something, and they're full of shit. But, yeah. you know, they weren't great at defense before. 
they're in every game, losing by three, losing by yes. six, losing by four. And, but, you know, their offensive weapons are are insane. So the counter to me would be, like, Minnesota could make a deal for one or two guys up in their front seven. But yeah, the Jets obviously need to do something. Wilson, it's you know, if you watch Hard Knocks, he's giggling and laughing with Aaron Rodgers. Everything's he's, great. He's not giggling and laughing he's, No, he's not. He is just not. I mean, number two pick out of BYU. I, I think it's a it's a Trey Lance type of situation where mm-hmm. small sample size. I think everyone uh, got a little excited with a, not a lot of tape on the guys, but uh, it's just proven he's he doesn't make good decisions, and this team has so much hype and expectations that you lose Rodgers now. Their season's uh, going the other way, so. They have to do something, in my opinion. Um, you draft or, Garrett Wilson in fantasy, and uh, I, I, I do too. And he's on my bench. Way. He's yeah. on my bench because Me I don't too. trust Zach Wilson. So, hey, well, <laughs> one of my other leagues, I did the Aaron Rodgers Garrett Wilson combo. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me tell you how that's working out. This is isn't that a Robbie Davis move? Yeah, Mahomes yeah. is Kelsey. Uh, what's that? You did a Robbie Davis move. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a two quarterback league, 14 teams, eight bench spots. I mean, there is zero on the waiver wire. So if you get one guy hurt, your season's done. Yep. My season was done in 75 seconds of the Jets. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so. Well, here's, a, here's another game that I, I guarantee you no one saw coming. The Indianapolis Colts going into Baltimore – and stunning the Ravens in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar, Lamar didn't look very good. Threw for two hundred and two, no touchdowns. He did lead the team in in rushing, and I think this is this is going to become a problem for the Ravens when your quarterback is your leading rusher. Uh, they're going to put a lot of pressure on him, uh, and I don't think that bodes very well um, for Baltimore moving forward. But this is a this is a game a lot like Dallas. They had no business losing, and and the Colts were minus uh, Richardson. They were going with uh, Minshew Madness, and and the, this guy just seems to step up the big games. Uh, <laughs> Raj, is it is it panic time in Baltimore? Maybe, and I guess I guess I'll ask you too, Brandon. Um, it, with that being said, in a division that. It's pretty damn competitive, and and like I said earlier, everybody's two and one except for Cincinnati. Um, it, the the Steelers went into L, uh, Vegas, and their defense is pretty solid. So, uh, is are the Ravens on kind of notice here? Man, that's a, that's a loaded question. Oh. I I think they I think they overlooked the Colts here. In this yeah. situation, with Richardson out, uh, Colts just being down, um, not not projected to do well. Um, but yeah, I th- the running game, you know, they're they're missing Dobbins. You know, got injured what, first or second game this season, um, struggling there a little bit. Gus Edwards had a concussion halfway through. He had 11. Yeah, Edwards had hurt. So, I mean, they've got a few struggles in the backfield. 
And look, we all know in the NFL, it is a passing league, but if you can't run the ball, you're not going to do well in the NFL. I mean, that's just a fact. Like, regardless of the passing game, you've got to be able to run the ball. Um, you've got to have that play action in your back pocket. And uh, when, you know, Jackson's your, your leading rusher, which he's been, you know, the past couple of years, but um, – that's kind of scat and busted plays. You got to have at least some honesty up front. And when they know that there's nobody there, I mean, you don't have to put eight in the box. You can play nickel and dime all day. And, you know, you got five DBs out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can't, you can't beat that if you can't run the ball. So, yeah, that that's Roger. something that I think they'll, they'll get together, but, I don't think it's time to punt yet. I was shocked that I I picked up Zach Moss in pretty much most of my leagues. I did not start him because I thought at Baltimore, no way. I was shocked he was able to do what he did, which was 30 carries, 122 yards. But most importantly, just move the chains. Um, What's crazy is like this was like the average – yards per pass or reception were like five yards for both teams. It was pretty ugly. Yeah, Lamar did all of the running after Gus Edwards went out. Um, but, you know, there were there were turnovers for both teams. But, um, you know, the difference is Indianapolis recovered three fumbles, whereas Baltimore lost two. And, and Indianapolis lost zero. And those two turnovers were the difference in the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, it it surprised me, but you know, with Minshew and kind of like Mike White, they're the same guy. They're gunslingers, and if they don't make mistakes, the odds are they win. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair estimation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just it the league is is very uh, as a matter of fact, and and. I see it here. Like I said, after week week two, everyone was jumping off the bandwagon, and uh, um, you could see it even in the uh, the, the time we got to the tailgate. That uh, did not look like it did the week prior, but it eventually filled up, and, and Ford Field was raucous. But you know, people panic, and and I think that's just the name of this league, um, especially when you're in a competitive division like the AFC North is at this moment. So we'll see how, how it goes. But Brandon, you mentioned, uh, um, you know, talking about the Texans and your boy, CJ Stroud. um, He is quietly putting himself together a very, very good win uh, season. We'll say Um, 280 yards passing last, uh, the week prior, he threw for over 300. Um, Ironically enough, he's got four 300 yard passing games in Justin Fields which is kind of crazy to me, um, but he's, he's looked damn good. He's looked damn good. And, and he's, he's kind of proven why Houston took him so high. Um, what do you think about Houston? This is your division um, at coming in. Everybody was high and mighty on Jacksonville. I do think they'll, they'll figure it out, but I think Houston has been really competitive uh, winning uh, this past week at Jacksonville, winning soundly 37-17. You know, in, in the previous week, they were competitive. They didn't get the win, but they were they were right in the mix. So um, 
how good can Houston be in this division? And do they have a chance at, at maybe competing for, for uh, first place? Uh, absolutely they do. I think they can win this division. Uh, they, they fleece the draft on everybody. Uh, they got 10 times better off, you know, three picks in the draft. And, you know, C.J. Stroud is – he's playing within himself right now. He's not trying to do too much. He, he is reading defense as well. He, he's not forcing anything. He hasn't thrown an interception yet in three games. Um, I, I mean, he, he will probably go down, and mark my words on this, because Ohio State is not known for producing quarterbacks – in the NFL, right? Like we're more wide receiver, linebacker, defensive end, running back, those kind of guys. Quarterbacks are not what Ohio State produces. He's going to be the best quarterback Ohio State has ever produced. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, bad situation for him, but he he doesn't have quite the poise. Uh, He's quite a bit more mobile than CJ. CJ is more of an NFL prototype. He sits in the pocket. He reads the defense. He, reads he runs the when he has to. He's he's very, very good at that. Um, Fields is uh, first option and t- tuck it and run, you know, mm-hmm. like if his first option. So completely different. And he, he's on the Bears. So, I mean, that's that whole organization. Don't even get me started there. I, and I don't think he has from, from the hundred year old drive owner, either. From the hundred year old owner to uh, you know the GM polls. I mean, it's just they need to revamp top down. But uh, anyway, no, CJ and one of his best traits was accuracy, which is 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 very transferable to NFL. Um, you can be coached, and and he's coachable, so. I think they're going to do good, and I, I think they got to get a really good shot to win the AFC South because yeah, it is a shit division, and <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. dude, they they've got as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, I mean they they go down and play like like they did in a, against the division foe on the road. Uh, you definitely like their chances. I think I think for me, Justin Fields' biggest issue is um, you look at him. And a lot like Sam Hartman last last week in the Notre Dame game, he just looks lost. He looks uninspired. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, he has no offensive line. He's getting that's, his ass kicked every saying. week. I think he he feels like he's got to check down because or or tuck it and run because he, he's yeah. hitting every one yeah, point. He just seconds. he he doesn't have time to throw, and it's unfortunate because he is a talent. But um, I think the Texans the, have lost four or five starters out of injury at one point or another on the offensive line. Um, I'll say this. I think CJ Stroud, color me shocked, looks more comfortable in the NFL than he did at Ohio State. And the other thing I'll say is we talked about the Titans, the Raiders, other teams that are not Detroit that, that draft crappy dudes that don't produce. Detroit does the opposite. Houston has done the opposite. Mm-hmm. Stroud, Will Anderson, even Juice Scruggs, the center from uh, Penn State, we saw what Tank Dell from Houston did, seven for 145 mm-hmm. last week. These guys are producing. Uh, Toto, the former uh, Toto, 
Alabama. I don't mean that in a racial sense, but former, well, the Tennessee folks will tell you yeah. he's from there first, but uh, he saw greener pastures. Uh, however, he had 10 <laughs> tackles. Um, they've just done a great job of maximizing their talent. And yeah, yeah they've owned, uh, if you look at the statistics, they've owned Jacksonville and they've won like seven in a row in Jacksonville. But like, like you guys both said, and Brandon said, this is such a winnable division. And whether it's this year or not, you've got rookies all over, a second-year running back and a rookie quarterback with a great uh, – what appears to be uh, – this is a team you got to watch out for in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, and it, it, it starts with their ability to, to draft, uh, draft needs. Not necessarily the names, although um, – Will Anderson and CJ Stroud were the name coming out and, and they're backing it up. They're proving their worth here. Do you know it it's sad having two top go, five picks that helps? Do you know it's sad when I want to go to a Titans game at home versus the Texans just to watch CJ Stroud play more than I do my Titans. Oh yeah, yeah. Sad, sad days down there in Nashville. Well, uh, the NFL is uh heading to London. This weekend, the first of five games, uh, Disney Plus is doing a uh, Toy Story uh, a rendition of the game. That should be uh, interesting. Looking forward to that. 9.30 a.m. kick, uh, Falcons and uh, the Jags, the aforementioned Jaguars. Um, all the talk, and, and, and this has been going on every year, I think, right around this time when they're getting ready to play over there. Uh, it's no secret the NFL wants a team in London, uh, and I and I do believe that you know working out the kinks, we'll say logistically, uh, how the the players are going to react. Uh, I, I I think they're going to work. Um, do you see sometime within the next five years, uh, Brandon, the the NFL moving? to a London market because clearly uh, there is a demand for it. And if not London, maybe Germany where they, they, they packed, packed the house there in, in what Tom Brady said, it was like a Super Bowl uh, atmosphere, but it, is it time for the NFL to make that big jump over to the European market? I think it's definitely going to happen. I mean, NFL, they're so big now and that that's their reach and they're, they're reaching out there and, and receiving good feedback from across the pond. And, you know, the thought of another expansion team and like what that would do, or if another team picks up and moves, I I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I do see London being heavily, heavily involved um, within the next five years. Raj, what's your take on that? And, and, and I guess I'll ask another another question. Um, you know, Canada, specifically Toronto, huge football market, albeit they're, you know, on the other side is the Bills. But it's interesting to me that you don't hear the conversation of them maybe going into Canada. Is that maybe because the Canadian Football League is kind of a big market there? Um, and then again, what is your take on the possibility of the NFL, you know, expanding to the European market? 
I do think the CFL plays a role and there's a lot of nationalism in Canada, as we all know, but also as I was just in Toronto like six weeks ago and they're not stopped by any of that. You know, uh, the Blue Jays were just a huge crowd, but uh, a lot of Canadians in Toronto wins, tarantulas. Uh, (laughs) They love the Bills. They love the Lions. They love the Vikings. They yeah. don't give a shit. They still love the NFL. They're pretty domesticated. It, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean those Canadians. It doesn't. Uh, it's, they put gravy on everything. They they have uh, They yeah. uh yeah they they don't care. Whereas with London, you know, Cal and Stanford can fly eight hours and be part of the ACC. Then why not <laughs> an entirely new market? And the NFL is really testing this whole. Toy Story thing, which is brilliant, really. But, you know, you're starting a game at 9.30 East Coast, 6.30 West Coast. The kids get up, watch football. You know, the, the biggest growing demographic with the NFL was women. They, that's out. You know, women are already all on board. Now it's Not after this past weekend. Not after this weekend. We're back with the Swifties. Yeah, we're not going to go there, but the point being is that now you got kids and, and obviously an international presence and it's seven hours from New York city. They can read align divisions and, uh, you know, put East coast teams, new England and whatnot. It, it would not be difficult. There's so many expats there and they just want to be fans of anything, cricket, soccer, whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would have said no a few years ago. Now, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, NFL is just uh, they have a knack to find what's hot and they, they put themselves in positions like like you said, Raj, uh, kids get up for Saturday morning cartoons. Why not watch uh, one of the most successful movie franchises? Toy um, Story. Of a all Toy things. Story and actually watching a real live football game, uh, which I, I can't wait to see what that looks like. But I, I think that it's genius. It's absolutely genius. And and it makes sense. It's just like I said, logistically, that I don't think they've figured it out. But once they do, they'll get it right. Um, so I'd like to um, watch Shrek NBA like 30 years ago and smoke <laughs> a ton of weed because that would be sweet. But I mean, just picture those two franchises coming together. Yeah. Not just Disney, but Toy Story and the NFL. It's yeah. really insane. Well, they, they've, and they know what they're doing. they've incorporated Nickelodeon in the games, the playoff games, you know, with slime and, and SpongeBob and all that stuff. So um, it's obviously to grasp the kids and it worked. It definitely did. Um, so we're going to go hot uh, coach hot seat rapid fire real quickly. Um, who's on the hot seat? Uh, and we'll start uh, Brandon. We'll start with you. Sean Payton, boy, he ran his, his yapper in the preseason, and he's looking like a chode right about now. Uh, is he on the hot seat in Denver? I don't think so because of his name. I think it buys him probably another year or two. Um, you know, this he didn't choose this quarterback. He didn't, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I, I think he's got another year or two. Yeah, I agree. His name kind of gets him an extra year, but uh, I, I don't think he'll be uh, loose-lipped as he was in, in this preseason. Uh, Raj, uh, Matt Eber, Eberflus in Chicago. Uh, hot seat? 
And how yeah. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, Peyton, it could be an Urban Meyer, but now we know it was legit. But, like, you can fake a heart attack type thing when you're that age and just replace him. Eberflus is fucked. I mean, you're a defensive coach, and you have, like, an historically bad defense since you took over in, what, September of 2021, I think, or 22. Uh, just awful. And that's his job. They've lost, what, like 12 in a row? I mean, how yeah, is 12 he still or 13. 13? Like, uh, mid-October, other... last year's last game they won. And again, a guy like Fields, you like look at the stats, you're like, oh yeah, oh well, that's pretty. They're trash, man. The entire team, aside from the quarterback, is awful. How he is employed is beyond me. There's only one other franchise, maybe aside from Dallas, that that would do something like this, and that's the next one that Chain's about to talk about when you ask him. <laughs> uh, Brandon Staley. Brandon Chain, uh, is he on the hot seat? Did he save his his uh, season by going into uh, Minnesota and coming home with a win? Uh, save his season? No. I mean, he's got the worst defense, I think, in the NFL right now, and he's a defensive coach. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I don't think he's going to be there much longer. After this year, I think, you know, they lose again next year and he's gone. Like, he'll, he might even be fired midseason next year. Yeah, he uh, – last year he – I think he was competing with Dan Campbell for how many times you could go for it on fourth down. Just made a lot of bonehead decisions. On your own uh, 25? That, yeah, that cost yeah. – Yeah, I mean, them. he's got so much talent on that team yeah. right now. And, and like he's Anthony just, Lynn, man. They I mean, just pissing it away. So yeah, two years ago. I agree. Uh, Raj, this one, this one's intriguing to me because he has been successful, but he's playing in a market where they 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 expect success. They lose a playoff game last year. They start zero three. Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota it, it, is he potentially uh, sitting on a uh, hot seat? Which, ironically enough probably would feel pretty damn good uh, coming up in about a month or two in, in Minnesota. This is a tough one because what have they done ever, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they expect the most, but I think they also expect a lot of points to be on score. We lost your audio. When you're... There we go. We got it. We got yeah. it. We're back. We're back. Folks. Sorry, folks. Uh, we had an Amber alert. That's a computer issues. And I'm on my phone. Amber alert in Atlanta, Georgia, by the way, more important than anything else on earth. So please pay attention to that. Um, but to Kevin O'Connell, I don't know what you expect out of Minnesota. You know, like to me, they are who we thought they are. Like, it's like the Dallas Cowboys without expectations. They're going to win 10 to 13 games. They're going to lose in the divisional, maybe the NFC Championship. Even when they were 15-1 and one with Randall Cunningham and Randy Moss, they choke. Now, though, O'Connell, now he's getting into it publicly with his quarterback, which is weird because we all know how like great of a guy, ah, 
Owie is. Golly. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a shucks. But he also oh, publicly shucks. threatened to bench players in the media, which is just stuff you don't do outside of the locker room. So mm-hmm. he's not handling things great. Again, they've lost by a small amount, but this is on management and not on him. And I think if he were to be like let go or retire, I think teams would jump on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it speaks greater volumes when you're, when you're doing threats to players in in the media, I think that that shows more of a a problem within the organization. And, and I think that the Vikings by all circumstances have been considered a a pretty fair, uh, upstanding organization. So, um, but again, it's interesting because this is a team that, won the NFC North last year. And, uh, you know, they really didn't do anything but lose players in this this past offseason. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, as the season goes on, there's going to be more coaches on the hot seat. Um, and then we'll, we'll continue to speculate on uh, whether or how hot that seat is. Moving on to game balls and fumbles for this past week. Uh, Brandon, who do you got this week for your game ball and your fumble? So I'm going to go game ball. Obviously, you could slide here to the Dolphins. It's, it's pretty obvious they had a hell of a week, a historical week. But I'm going to go C.J. Stroud. You know, I might sound a little bit of a homer here, but – Rookie quarterback, hasn't thrown an interception yet, uh, just working in silence, quiet, not doing too much, um, and then, you know, beat beat the Jags, which which they were uh, a dog in. So I like what he's doing there. I like what the Texans are doing. Like I said, I mean, this division's up for, for grabs, and I can see them pulling this out somehow. Uh, I mean, they they fleeced everybody in the NFL in the draft. So mm-hmm. why would they not pull out the division win? So right. um, I like like Stroud and what he's doing. Um, the fumble. I'm going to go with the whole Titans organization and what's going on there. Uh, what what a shit show, dude! And it, it, it's it's so hard to watch. I mean, I love Rabel. He's a great coach, and he's. He's trying to do everything he can. Um, it's just I love Shane Bowen too, uh, D coordinator. He's great. It's it's just not work. Something's not working, and I think it starts with Ryan Tannehill. And I think we've got to to find a different way. I mean, we're not winning the division. Even if we did, we're not going to win the playoff game. So. Um, let, let's move on. We already drafted two quarterbacks the last two years. See what they got to offer. Probably going to be nothing. And then let's let's blow this up. Let's get Caleb Williams. It, it would be a nice name, a nice uh, face to move into a new stadium here in a couple of years if, if they were able to do that. Um, Raj, who's your game ball and fumble for this past week? I try to stay away from the Raiders when it comes to fumble because it, it would just be redundant. But Josh McDaniels is such a 
kill, though. He is akin to Venables and Freeman as coordinators perpetually. Yeah. Fourth and four from the eight late in the game, and he kicks a field goal when it's 23 to 15. Uh, I don't know what he was expecting, let alone with the Raider defense with limited tight outs. All, I, I mean, Devontae had already had 13 for 172 and two TDs. Yeah, Garoppolo leads the league in picks, but uh, what, the, what are you thinking going for a field goal? I, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Um, he's just so bad, it's not even funny, and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, and, and the other fumble, Sean Payton, because he's just a douche, like I said before. Uh, my game ball of the week goes to my man, Andrew Beck, the fullback for the Houston Texans, a tight end as well. He became the heaviest player in NFL history to return a kickoff for a touchdown. <laughs> At 255 listed, if you did not see that for the Houston Texans against Jacksonville. Uh, he's probably bigger than that, and he's – is that, is that weigh-in weight or cut weight? Exactly. <laughs> um, there was an IV after that, I'm sure. But, you know, it was one of those, like, the blocks got set up and the ball was kind of rolling around like a squib. And he picked it up and he outran that entire team. And he was the heaviest player in NFL history at 6'5", 255, to return a kickoff for a touchdown. Not only that, it was 85 yards. Wow. Pretty good. Folks, folks, where else are you going to get that little tidbit of information? Uh, the heaviest player to return a, a kick for a touchdown. You're not going to find it anywhere else but right here on Reckless Speculation. Uh, good work, Raj. Uh, my game ball, which I'm shocked uh, that that this wasn't mentioned. Uh, Devin Achain, I believe that's how you pronounce him. Yes, uh, I drafted him and let him go early because I panicked like a dumb shit. Uh, rookie from Texas A&M? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 18 for 203? Unbelievable. Uh, just no one saw that coming. Uh, clearly, I think he had five yards uh, the week prior. Uh, just, I mean, the game plan in general in Miami was 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 spot on. And uh, this will lead into my uh, fumble. Uh, this might be a fumble uh, of, of a generation. And this is the Denver Broncos front office. Uh, for the simple fact, um, they neglected to interview a Colorado kid whose first job was a ball boy at Mile High and who his dream in life was to become head coach or play for the Denver Broncos. Uh, he didn't even get an interview. He reached out to the uh, the Broncos. Uh, didn't work. Didn't get an interview. They end up hiring uh, Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, let's just say we know how that ended. Um, and now Sean Payton, who uh, just experienced the worst loss in, in, in the NFL since 1966, 57 years ago. So I don't think for a minute that uh, that was not on the mind of Mike McDaniels when he decided to just keep pounding and pounding and pounding the rock to a tune of 350 yards 
uh, 10 total touchdowns. So I think there was a little bit of uh, in the middle of that, that for the fact that uh, they overlooked him. And let's not, let's not. And uh, same tree as, as Hackett. Let's not sugarcoat it. Mike McDaniel was a proven offensive coordinator. He was offensive coordinator for the the 49ers, that number one offense that previous year. And the fact that he didn't even get a sniff was just shows you how inept that this organization is. So uh, they're definitely getting the fumble uh, for me. Uh, uh, Might be uh, the fumble of a lifetime. But uh, 1B would be the Russell Wilson trade. Yeah. And they pulled their starters. Uh, it was 49 to whatever. That was uh, the fourth their quarter. Their second string outscored the Broncos starting team 21 to nothing. Yep. Um, in that game. And they decided to not kick the field goal and not Th- go yeah. for the all-time. Uh, to tie the record. Scoring yeah. record. No, they would have right. beat it. It was 72. They would have had 72. 72. They would have. They would have beat. They would have beat the record. Um, so to yeah to recap, uh, the nineteen forty Chicago Bears seventy three points that came in an NFL championship game. Uh, the sixty six Redskins had seventy two, and then the nineteen fifty uh, Rams, uh, and then the Dolphins of last week both with seventy. So just impressive and and hey. Uh, Respect to Mike McDaniel's for not uh, twisting that knife in the in the jugular. Hey, of, imagine you know, if the Denver Broncos just played like fifteen more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they they could have put up ninety. Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. So we're gonna move on to the reckless speculation power rankings. Again, this is not what you would see on ESPN or Fox or any of the talking heads. This is who we think is the top five by eye test and who we think is uh, in the, in the top five. So Raj Mehta, who do you got for your RS power ranking this week? I mean, I think number one's clear for right now. It's the Miami Dolphins. I don't know how you say anyone else. Uh, number two for me is the 49ers. Number three, uh, I'm going to be, a bit of a hypocrite and pull a rob and go at Kansas City just because right now I think even though Philly is 3-0, and I think they're a better team than Philly right now, and Philly would be my number four. As for number five, I'm going to go with Buffalo just because of how they've looked the last few weeks, and that's Dominant. Now they played the Commanders, who have played pretty well, thirty-seven to three, and the Raiders, thirty-eight to ten. But they have looked like the Bills that we thought they were. Uh, after that, you know, uh, uh, Dallas, Detroit. But yeah, those are my top five. In uh, in in you hitting on Buffalo real quick. Um, Josh Allen did something that uh, they've been begging him to do this past week. He slid. He so made me three I, and zero after sliding and I, not getting. I think, I think if he does that a little bit more <laughs> regularly, he's going to be a little bit better as the season progresses. But nonetheless, uh, Brandon, who's your top five here? He's a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's pretty chalk with uh, Raj here. I mean Miami 49ers. That's racist. I've got 
Maybe the Eagles slightly ahead of KC. Um, so I'd probably swap those. I go Miami 49ers, Eagles, KC Bills. But I mean those those KC's probably gonna end up winning out there. Um I'm here. But as of right now, from what I've seen, that's it. Yeah, I I like the 49ers here at number one, and it and it bodes down to they've got a more dominating defense. I think Miami's got a good defense. They've got a good defensive front. And uh, if Ramsey comes back at some point, I think that'll make them even better in Miami. But for now, I, I like the 49ers. Um, but number two, Miami, I mean, it, and it, it's close. It's close. And, and, again, I think it comes down to defense. Um, and I'm going to go with the Eagles at number three. And, and here's why. Uh, DeAndre Swift has just been outstanding his last two games. Uh, did he really want to be in Detroit the past couple of years? I'm starting to think no. Uh, perfect match. He goes home, born and raised in Philly, uh, went to high school in Philly. So um, it's a good fit. He's looked great uh, the past two weeks. Can he stay consistently uh, healthy? He did not have that situation here in Detroit. So uh, that remains to be seen. But right now, the running game, I think, keeps them at number three because Jalen Hurts has not looked all that impressive. But um, uh, number four, I think it is Kansas City because uh, they, they, they've got Kelsey. He's got his, he's got a security blanket back. And um, I think that's important. Uh, and they got Chris Jones back. So defensively, they're a little bit more sound. So they're going to get themselves right back in the mix as, as the season progresses. Uh, and number five, as much as I, I, I really don't want to say this, but I do have to give the Cowboys the respect because of their their ability on defense. Again, it's no secret my stance on Micah Parsons. He's the best player in the world. Um, and when you have him on the team, your team, I think that just automatically makes you better than the majority of uh, your opponents. Uh, can Dak lead the way? We shall see. So, um but right now, uh, sitting at two and one, uh, I, I give them uh, that respect to, for number five. Just the, what, their body of work the, the two weeks previous to uh, this past uh, a bump in the road. So they'll go number five. Um, so we are going to move on to, I think it's everyone's favorite part of the show. It's time for Bet Your Nuts. That's right, folks. It's super bet your nuts time. We're going bonus nuts. Uh, we pick a few games. Um, some have been a little bit better than others. I, I, I'd like to do a, a tally uh, for the next week's show just to see where we sit. Uh, last week, we weren't sitting too good. Uh, but we're going to start with tonight's game, ladies and gentlemen, from the not-so-frozen tundra Lambeau Field. The Motor City Kitties, the grit Detroit Lions going up against Green Bay. Uh, Detroit, a two-point favorite here in this game. Green Bay comes back uh, from 18, scores 18 points in the fourth quarter, down 17-0, get the win against New Orleans this past week. So, Brandon Chain, who do you like in this one on Thursday night football here? Should be uh, kicking off in about, oh, 
hour, maybe a little bit longer than an hour. So typically in the NFL, home field advantage gets three points, right? So Packers are five-point dogs, in my opinion, um, based on that logic. I like the lines here. Um, Jordan Love is is doing good things in Lambeau. Now, he, he's – you know, maybe the Packers have – the old school system where the, the quarterback sits for, you know, two years, three years and, and comes out and he's been great. Um, but I like the line spot right here. I, I like their defense. Um, I think golf is, is, has been great. And I think they pull this out probably by a touchdown. So uh, I'm going to take the lines here. Raj, who do you like in uh, tonight's big Thursday night football game? Yeah, man, I, I just – it's so weird to see the Packers as one-and-a-half, two, three-point underdogs, but at home. But I absolutely agree because you're playing Green Bay in September. You're not playing them in December. Also, the Lions aren't afraid. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. The Lions aren't afraid of Lambeau. I believe they've won three in a row there. Um, they've done very well historically. And, uh, yeah, I think right now it's supposed to be in the 80s in Green Bay. And, and you don't want a team with that kind of speed playing at your house in 80 degrees. Yeah. All Detroit. Uh and I agree. I think Detroit gets the win here. Um, David Montgomery, uh, all indications are he's going to be ready to go. Uh, that will be a big boost to the offense. Uh, he gives a little bit more of a, a ground and pound than Jameer Gibbs. Um, I feel like Jameer Gibbs is more of a, um, a get the ball out of the backfield, uh, throw the ball kind of thing. Uh, that That's a better utilization of him. So if Montgomery comes back, that is definitely going to be a huge thing. Uh, Sam Laporta, uh, he's he put his name on the map. He's he's proven he belongs in this league. Hell yeah! Uh, he's he's taken some big hits and and withstood it. But I think it comes down to uh, the big boys up front and getting the Jordan Love and and having Aleem McNeil. Which if you don't know who he is yet, uh, number fifty four. This guy this guy could be playing pro baseball right now. He was that good. Um, he's really good. Uh, at football. And uh, I think the, the, the world's going to see uh, how good he is tomorrow. And, and this game's going to be one uh, down low uh, with a lot of pressure on love. And, and yeah, uh, Aaron Jones is coming back, but Detroit in the first three games, I think they're only averaging uh, 40 yards given up per, per game. So I think um, this is a game where they take control of the line of scrimmage and, 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 and ultimately come out on top. So give me the Lions. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm eating the cornbread, getting ready here. Uh, after this show, I'm going to be in the speakeasy getting ready. So moving on to the battle of the former Browns team and the current Browns team, the fighting art models of Baltimore going into Cleveland. Cleveland's the favorite here. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Um Clearly, Baltimore didn't look good. We talked about it earlier. 
so we'll see if uh, old Rub and Tug can get enough uh, done offensively to get the win. Uh, Raj, who do you like in this one? Whatever you think is going to follow suit, you do the opposite. And Lamar Jackson is 24 and 12 on the road in the NFL. When it comes down to this game, you go with coaching and you go with the quarterback. And in both cases, that's Baltimore. I will take the Ravens. Brandon. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a fluke, a little underestimation um, of the Colts last week with Baltimore. I mean, I've got to Raj's point, you got to go with the better quarterback. And, you know, although Anthony Richardson is supposed to play this week, I still got to take the Ravens. I mean, the, the Colts are still somewhat up in the air. So, um, yeah, give me the, give me the Ravens. Yeah. I, I like Baltimore here too. And it's simple fact is Lamar Jackson owns the Browns. Uh, couple seasons ago, the Browns had an opportunity to clinch a playoff berth. You had Lamar Jackson, who allegedly uh, had to go in for a poop break. Uh, he comes charging out of the out of the locker room uh, and drives them at, at, late in the fourth to a victory. Uh, I don't think I don't think Baltimore trips up here. I love the Brownies, but Sorry, Dad. I Baltimore um, might be a little bit better coaching staff. Uh, Hart, John Harbaugh. Um, I, I think he'll get he'll get uh, the Ravens ready to go. So, give me the uh, the the models, the fighting art models, to go into Cleveland and do what they regularly do often is, is beat the Browns. Uh, the game of the week, ladies and gentlemen. The aforementioned Miami Dolphins and their unbelievable offense go up to Buffalo. And a lot like the Lions going to Green Bay, you want to play Buffalo in uh, October, (laughs) in a sense. So uh, weather will not be a factor. Weather was a factor last year uh, when the snow decided to just come out down in droves in the fourth quarter. So... This game should be pretty much evenly matched. Uh, Brandon, who do you like in this one? Give me Tua and the Dolphins. I mean, they haven't been slowed down yet. I don't see them slowing down and outside of injury with Tua. Um, the Bills, have, they're starting to get – things together a little bit, but I mean, I, they're going to run into a buzzsaw. They can't compete with the speed defensively on their side, offensively on the Dolphins side. So give me Dolphins. Um, I think, I think they win this by at least a touchdown, maybe more. Okay. Raj, who do you like in this one? Lob averages. I think a very well coached Buffalo team watches that film. Miami comes back down to earth, and the Bills have won 38-10 to and 37-3 to the last two weeks. Granted, not against a team like the Dolphins, but the NFL, whatever you think is going to happen, pick the opposite. Yeah, I think this game comes down to uh, home field advantage. Uh, it's The Bills Mafia is crazy. They're going to get rowdy, and 
I think that offense in Buffalo has kind of figured it out. Um, just don't be fancy. You have weapons. You have a lot of weapons. And uh, you have a good running game. And you've got a quarterback that if he plays smart, he's probably top five in the NFL. So I I, I like this game specifically because it's in uh, Orchard Park. Uh, so give me Buffalo here. I, I think this is a shootout. Uh, and it could come down to, I mean, it's a cliche as, as all get up, but who's got the ball in the last possession or who makes the la- the, the least amount of mistakes. Um, if Josh Allen can um, be right between the ears and, and not make so many mistakes, I, I like Buffalo in this game. Your neck of the woods, Brandon, uh, the Bengals who ha, squeaked out a win Monday night. Coming down to Nashville, Tennessee to face the Titans. Uh, who you got in this one, Brandon? I got uh, Joe Shiesty and the Bengals all day. Titans are garbage. I'm not even going to the game. Selling <laughs> my tickets. It oh. started as a pick though, and right now it's around a one and a half. Uh, Jamar Chase said he didn't want Burrow to play last week pregame. Why is it only one and a half then? Because I agree, it's almost like a neutral field at this point. But right, we got it as a pick 'em when the line came out, um, and that's what we go by. Have you seen that's, the Titans' offense? I mean, why does Vegas say so then? Because they're begging you to take the Titans. <laughs> Are they? I thought they're begging you to take the Bengals, so I'm gonna go with the Titans. I have no fucking idea why. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I I don't see the Bengals going one and three, but then again, like that's only a two game deficit from 500. I think Vegas is up to something, and uh, it's a team that can run the ball and a team that doesn't stop the run well. So I will take. Uh, shit, it's a pick 'em, right? Well, we have it a pick. Eh. Fuck it. I'll take the Titans. I'm going to take the Titans, too. <laughs> I, I think Vrabel gets these guys ready to go after an embarrassing loss to another Ohio team. I, I, I think uh, he gets it right. This is a home game. I don't think uh, uh, King Henry rushes for 22 yards again. I, I, I don't think that happens. Uh, and really, I'm, I'm I'm concerned with Joe Joe Burrow. He looked very uncomfortable uh, this the other day. Um, aside of his calf, it seemed like he was like adjusting his his uh, flak jacket there. Like maybe he's got some ribs issue, but he didn't look comfortable. Um, and I'm not sure if he's 100. percent And uh, playing a road game in the NFL, that's tough. Winning in the NFL is tough. So. I, I two embarrassments in a row for Tennessee. Injury. You can't do that. Yeah. So give me Neither. give me Tennessee here. Um against everything Brandon's probably uh uh putting I mean, in the atmosphere. Yeah, but uh, all logic. <laughs> we, we we agree. Here's the absolute toilet bowl game of maybe the season. Um and let's let's sum it sum it up real quick. The Denver Broncos just lost by 50 points last week. They're going into Chicago as the favorite. Uh, unbelievable. Raj, uh, I wouldn't normally put this on, on the list, but it is so shitty 
we had to pick it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, uh, Justin uh, Jackson. What's his Fields? Uh, Fields? No, 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 no. The Denver Justin Simmons, the Denver safety, didn't play last game, and he is their defense. I'm not sure of his status. Uh, this is the number one and number three worst defenses in the NFL. Then again, when you give up 726 yards, you're going to be the worst defense in the NFL. All being said, I think Denver wins by a field goal. For God's sakes, somehow give me the Bears, which I haven't said since 1985. <laughs> Brandon Chain, who do you like in this? Uh, torture chamber of a game, we'll say. <laughs> Give me the Bears, baby. Give me the Bears. Uh, it's a clean sweep. I'm taking the Bears, too. Um, no lucky number 13. The Bears have lost 12 in a row. Um, I think Fields runs a lot. Uh, and There's they're more life. successful if he does. Because clearly uh, he's not getting it done with his arm. Not always his fault. Um, maybe DJ Moore gets a little bit more action in this game. Uh, little Deacon dunk passes that can help him. This game's in Chicago. Ironically enough, the cheapest seat, according to game time, for this game, two 0-3 teams. It's almost $300 to sit way up in the 600 level at uh, Soldier Field. Just unbelievable who would pay more than three dollars to see these two football teams play loyal deep fan followings uh, and after Seiya suzuki's uh f up for the cubs blowing it probably their playoffs <laughs> all there I've is got left two titans to get to the bengals titans for sale right now 250 three rows up from the south end zone let's go yeah, but nobody cares <laughs> Oh, man, I tell you, the NFL is king, ladies and gentlemen. We've said it time and time again. And we're going to the huh bowl, we'll call it. Uh, who who are the Raiders? Not sure. Who the hell are the Chargers? We don't know. Uh, we're going to find out Sunday. Chargers, five-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Uh, Raj, you, you said it best. I mean, Josh McDaniels is a coordinator uh, at best. Uh, bonehead decision last week. Uh, how healthy is Jimmy Garoppolo as he was folded backwards like a pretzel in the, uh, I believe it was the third quarter in that game. So I'm a little leery about that. Brandon, uh, or Raj, we'll start with you. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, concussion protocol is not good. I thought it'd be like body protocol. But, you know, Garoppolo is having to do a lot. And Jacobs has not been the same guy nope. as we all could have projected. Um mm -hmm. This is an ugly-ass game, but these two teams split. I think they've split the last, like, four or five years. And I believe only one game. I think the Chargers won, like, 28-14 in 2021. But for the most part, it's been, like, a five-point game or less, which is when I see it at five-and-a-half. I think the Chargers will win a game because the Raiders suck. You know what? But I think it'll be a three- to five-point game. So I will – Take the Raiders, but don't get it twisted. God and anyone else, when it comes to karma, the Raiders will lose. But I'll take the Raiders at five and a half. Brandon, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I, I like your point, Raj, with the, the hook there on the point five. But Austin Eckler's 
supposed to be back this game. I think he brings, you know, quite a bit more dynamics to the offense. Uh, anything can be better than, than what they've seen. Um, you know, Mike Williams tours ACL, so he's out. Um, Josh Palmer is another kid who's probably going to get most of those receptions. Uh, you might see a little bit of Quentin Johnson, but probably not as much as uh, one USC fan would like. Uh, <laughs> but Josh, Josh Palmer, he proved to be pretty reliable last year, late in the season. So I like this Chargers position um, against the Raiders right now. I think they can win the game. Um, it is probably, Raj is probably going to be right. It's probably going to be, you know, the hook. Uh, that that 0.5 is probably going to get me, but I, I'm going to take the Chargers on this one. Yeah. Uh, normally you would say home field advantage is going to matter, but it's not in this game because there's going to be more oh, black. Yeah. There's going to be more black than powder blue and yellow. Uh, let's face it. Uh, oh, the Raiders it'll be travel, and And the Raiders are heavy represented still in the state of California. We're but this game comes down to quarterback play, if you ask me. Um, I think Justin Herbert is it's this is his year. Uh, he they have not they're not one and two because of him. Um, I, I think he comes out and, and plays really well. Yes, Josh Palmer, he he's got lots of experience because Mike Williams has never played a full season. He's got yep. so much talent, and you feel bad for the guy. Uh, he just can't stay healthy and and or uh, otherwise he would be a top maybe five uh, receiver in the, in the NFL, but that is a shame, but you're right, Raj. Uh, Josh Jacobs has not played well. When you miss the entire camp, it's going to take a while to get you in the game shape, no matter how uh, much lifting you did in the, in the off season and how much training you did. It doesn't replace actual game action and, and, and hitting uh, pads and whatnot. So I think the chargers win this game by a touchdown. Again, it comes back to quarterback play. I trust Justin Herbert over Jimmy G because I don't think Jimmy G's healthy. Uh, the way he was folded backwards uh, might come back in, in the play in this game, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see so far uh, a lot like it did with the Rams and 49ers where there was about 80% red. It's going to be about 80% black in, uh, uh, for the Raiders. So, uh, But we'll see. A another fun week uh, in store that, that kicks off here within the hour with the Lions and Packers. Can't wait for that one. Um, so moving on to our final segment of the show, final words. Brandon Chain, hey. final words for – the NFL kickoff show, what do you got? Oh, man, I'm excited to watch this uh, Dolphins-Bills game. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, Over-under is 53, I believe. Now, as Raj said, maybe the Dolphins come back down from cloud nine. But uh, if two is healthy, throws the best ball in, in the NFL. Um, they've got the fastest team in the NFL. Um collectively and i think this over is gonna gonna soar so i'm i'm over the 53 and a half but uh, looking forward to nfl and college raj final words I'm, just, I'm changing sports 
And I'm going with two favorites that Vegas says are favorites. I don't think the teams are going to win at all, but just remarkable players. Number one, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Milwaukee Bucks getting Dame time. Damian yes. Lillard, which was shocking to me. Miami, Philly, all of these other teams is great. The question is, is he that big of a difference maker than Drew Holiday? Yeah, that, they gave up a lot. That I mean, Drew Holiday lot. was and kind of the heart and soul. Ironically enough, Phoenix, a competitor, got depth somehow. And, and they Dame Tom has played 87 games in the last two years. So we will see. Uh, theoretically, he – I mean, he's one of the best shooters. It, it, he'll stretch that defense so much. And then you got two guys in Middleton and, and the Greek freak that, yeah, if they stay healthy, they'll win it all. But I don't see it. Just like the Atlanta Braves. And I'm going to Ronald Acuna. As a Dodgers fan, as soon as Vegas said Mookie Betts was the MVP favorite, Acuna said, ah, no. To, to quote Betts, Lee Corso, not so fast. Not so fast, my friend. Now, Betts did fall a ball, uh, foul a ball off his uh, foot, and they thought he broke it, and he had x-rays, and he plays shortstop second, third uh, this year, and right field all very well. But Ronald Acuna became the first member of the 4070 club. Uh, what? Like, that doesn't compute. It, 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 it's him, and the irony being is when they won the World Series, he wasn't on that team. He was on the IR. They won 88 games, I think, and they won the World Series. But Ronald Acuna, MVP, Dame time and the uh, the Bucks, both are Vegas's favorites. But you know, both I think uh, it, it's just so hard to follow suit, and I I just see, uh, unfortunately, things not going the way for either team. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It, it seemed like everybody was banking on and Mookie being the MVP. Uh, and after that, uh, Acuna uh, let let his production do speaking for him. Um, so you 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 can't you can't not give him the award. Um, As a Dodger I, fan, my hats off to him, man. He's yeah, he, unbelievable. But Mookie Betts is still one of the greats in the game. Just a great human being and baseball player. But um, I think for me, my final words are: I'm I just I, I keep going back to it. Brad Holmes, if he's not the best GM in football, I don't know who he is. Who is? And like I said earlier, I, I, I know I, I, I toot the horn of the Lions, the grit and all that, but I, I can't help but not because when you have four players that were drafted uh, early on that, let's face it, they, they didn't get the credit they deserved as far as a draft class. And coming in early and making an impact, that just says a lot about your, your ability to uh, scout and, and, and see uh, talent and evaluate. And here's the other guy that they drafted in the fifth round who had to play. And not only had to play, he had to play in a position that he's not accustomed to. I'm talking about Colby Sorsdahl, offensive lineman, fifth round draft pick from William and Mary. This guy is not a right tackle. They put him at right tackle because uh, the first the, the first two teams – uh, of of the Lions right tackled out both injured so they put him in in a position he's not accustomed to and uh, he handled his business 
for a guy, late round pick, another example of unbelievable talent evaluation put into a position and he was very productive. So I just, I, I tip my cap to, to Brad Holmes and, and, and the, the organization. And if, if anybody's familiar with the Lions organization, what we're seeing is a transformation and it, it, it's fun to watch. And, it, and frankly, it's fun to hear you guys talk so highly about of, of what you feel of the team, because I mean, we see it here, but it's also really cool to see what other uh, fan bases feel about the Lions. So I, I just, I love Brad Holmes. I love uh, Dan Campbell. I love where this team's going and I can't wait to watch him play tonight. Uh, so with that if being will, said, we're going to quick, well, Tom, real yep. quick. I'm sorry. You yep. said Isaiah Bugs earlier, a guy that played inside and outside the lines to me, like you said, with Soros doll, they're like a baseball team, like the Dodgers and Braves. Their versatility. Mm-hmm. They draft guys that can play all over. They've learned their lesson, and that's what smart teams do. Jameer Gibbs, they draft running backs that can run and catch. Receivers that can catch and block, like St. Yep. Brown. Uh, just a very, very uh, branch. A guy that can cover and tackle. Yeah. Uh, they are a smart, versatile team. And with that, folks, I'll let Tom end it, but – be versatile in life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. I love the the excitement from everybody else. Uh, and again, remind everybody, go, go, please, please, please go like and follow and subscribe. It really does a, a lot of help for us and gets our reach out. And uh, as you can see, these guys know their stuff. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have Robbie Davis because uh, he's somewhere on a beach. I believe there's a song country song in, written about in dang. america's and, uh, wang in Florida. and uh, you know dang well that uh he's all he's all hopped up on jack you know that's a, that's a fact but uh great show again go back and watch our college football kickoff show it's available everywhere uh, uh here on facebook youtube and all the uh, podcast platforms but for mr brandon chain raj meta I am Tom Sloan. We'll see you guys next week. Go Lions. Get get your uh, uh, Amazon Prime ready because forward down the field, baby. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers. Cheers.